Welcome to my podcast. This is the Dr. Raymond Havlicek podcast for Saturday, the 25th of February. Oh my God, where is the winter going? It's just going by so quickly, I can't believe it. Um, very, very blessed today to have my two favorite uh, and only so far co-hosts <laughs> for the for my budding podcast career. Uh, I have Colette Lafuente here and Dimitri Feld. I'm so happy we can get them both here. This is a first. We're going to have a three-way. And of course, my wonderful wife is here, Iris Havlicek who has been the inspiration for so many of my political beliefs and understandings about life. Uh, thank you for all of you being here. I'll just say a little bit about Colette to begin with. Colette is a wonderful speaker on behalf of, of uh, political ideology, of, of, of conservative political ideology. She was the mayor of uh, Poughkeepsie. Uh, I think you were a Republican at the time, weren't you? Yes, still yes. I am. Okay. And she was a county legislature in Dutchess County, which is the uh, county that P Poughkeepsie's in. Um, and she is currently on the advisory board of the Essex County Republican Party uh, and is uh, a candidate, I believe, for the statewide advisory board for the Republican uh, Party. And I think she's going to probably win it. Um, and uh, Dimitri um, is uh, a, a world traveler. He represents U.S. <laughs> Luge. He is the fundraiser, probably, and representative of U.S. Luge throughout the world. He travels to Europe. He travels to uh, Ukraine for this. He's been in the East. He's been everywhere on behalf of Luge. And for those of you who don't know what Luge is, I'm going to let Dimitri very quickly give you the, 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 the thumbs-up view of what Luge is. It's an Olympic sport. You slide on ice, lay down on your back, feet first at 80 miles an hour. So just watch next Olympic Games and you'll see it's a very exciting sport. Is it dangerous? Well, like any, like any uh, sport with speed, it's on the edge, but it's no more dangerous than any, any have, other haven't sport. Haven't there been losers that have gone off the track? They go flying through the air. Yeah, but, you know, people who ski at the White Face right. Mountain, they, it's full <laughs> of them at the uh, emergency room. Oh, yeah. That, that's, so that, any that. any fast sport, uh, you are getting a little edge, you know. But you know we we learn from uh, young age how to take precaution, and uh, by the time you compete in Olympics, you should have no problem. And you share the track with bobsled and, and skeleton. skeleton correct. Yes. Okay. That's very interesting. Correct. Okay. We got all kinds of athletes here, guys. Uh, uh, this is uh, I'm a skier. My wife's a skier and a and a uh, a gym rat and. Uh, Colette is a competitive swimmer, right? Well, that's, I'd like to be, uh, but uh, I don't know if I'm going to get back into it, but I do cross-country ski, you know, that's part of what I do here, but I'm no competitive anything anymore. The only good thing would be is if I do uh, go down and swim in some of the competition in Sarasota, Florida, uh, in my age group. Uh, there's not a lot of competitors, so then I get a chance. And and I've never been a good swimmer, but I've always strategized and chosen <coughs> the events that the really good swimmers don't choose, and that's mm -hmm. how I get a medal, you know? So. Well, that sounds very intelligent. 
<laughs> Not exactly the best athlete, though. <laughs> okay. Now, at our at our last podcast, um, Colette asked me if we could spend the podcast talking um, about censorship, and we did. And then after the podcast ended, I uh, neglected I, – I, I realized that we didn't touch on AT&T and what it's done to Newsmax. So, Colette, would you like to comment on that? Well, it's uh, in taking Newsmax off of uh, the, I think it's DirecTV, one of the satellite dishes, uh, they are falling right in line with all this government censorship that the federal government has, is really the origin of most of it. Uh, they, uh, they fund different organizations that uh, their job is to, quote, fact check or look for what is now disinformation, that Orwellian term, which I, pre I prefer to use misleading as a term or lies or falsehoods, you know, because this switching of language around is really part of the approach to totally control us so that we can't think clearly. And to take Newsmax off, uh, they've already taken OAN off of a lot of channels. And there's really uh, Fox, which is definitely, you know, uh, establishment Republican, definitely not, uh, uh, I would say, totally America first, except for, let's say, Jesse Waters and Tucker Carlson and uh, Bartiromo, Maria Bartiromo. Uh, you people don't know what is going on because of the control of the media, and uh, the uh, well. I'll be quiet now because I talk too much. No, you you don't. I think you're making a very good point uh, in that people don't know what to believe. So what this is causing is the rise of conspiracy theories and all kinds of cockamamie and crazy theories about what's actually going on in the world because uh, no one trust the New York Times. No one trusts any any news source anymore. It's a real serious problem. And censorship is not the American way. It is the way of dictatorships. It is a very, very uh, concerning uh, sign of, of the political direction that our country is going in. What do you think, Dimitri? What's your you know, what's interesting, you have a uh, neo-Nazi protesting in Florida in front of like Jewish synagogue. Uh, no problem, but the Newsmax uh, to be available, suddenly it's a problem. It's no neo-Nazis. They're just a conservative, right. I'd say, channel, and not only conservative. I think it's open to anybody who wants to watch any channels. I mean, I watch as many channels as I want, including CNN, uh, NBC. Uh, uh, so I think it, it, it's very drastic. It's not American. It's not American. It certainly isn't American. But I think the one thing we really, I mean, I've really been doing a lot of listening on this and reading about this. This all started because of Donald Trump. And what they are doing is trying to crush any dissent from the narrative that the government wants to pursue. And I mean, the federal government or the lackeys of the federal government at the state level uh, who follow whatever the Democrat uh, president of the United States is saying at the time. Because if you look at like, when was this, let's take the Global Disinformation Group, founded in uh, 2018, uh, Trusted News Initiative, which was started by the BBC and has the LA Times and other, uh, I think, Facebook and all these other groups, the New York Times is in it, founded in 2019. Uh, 
They are doing their best to make sure that people cannot find out about the other side of the story and to quash any of the ideas about, uh, you know, that are different from theirs. For instance, a lot of people in this country do not know that Donald Trump went to East Palestine, Ohio last week. They don't know it. And how are they going to know it? Even Fox did not run that, that he went there. And that is a news item because once he announced he was going there, then uh, Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, said, oh, I guess I'll get over yeah. there. But it has to can't be on his personal time. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if even at this time that FEMA is there. And FEMA is the source of making a claim that you have been damaged by some event and um, and the government will give you some money. We'll look at your claims and establish whether or not you get anything. And then the um, EPA director, Michael Regan, he was there too. But what do the people of East Palestine, Ohio have? And there's really something very ugly going on, and that is Joy Behar. I do not watch that show, The View, but she really showed how intolerant and how ugly the left can be because she said, well, these people voted for Donald Trump. That's so right. what do you expect? I mean, this is really ugly. Well, what is going on? It's it, it is a very, very uh, riveting story. Uh, the important thing about uh, Trump's visit there was the fact that Biden never visited there and he turned down their request for for federal assistance. He basically said to the people, you're imagining your problems. Leave me alone. So Trump rightfully and understandably took up uh, their uh, their cause and went and, and extended understanding and empathy and support, if nothing else, um, and embarrassed Buttigieg. And that's you're right in saying that's why Buttigieg went there is yeah. is because Trump Trump went there. So well, it, that, it's not only that he took trucks full of water, bottled water to these people. Yes. And he took cleaning supplies to these people yeah. and some of the people if they shower in their showers they come out with these really ugly rashes yeah. and the other thing is is that uh the uh cnn i can't remember which one of the uh narrative uh, uh, uh cable stations said that this was actually donald trump's fault because he did something on regulation yeah Yes. And the brakes. Well, the uh, National Traffic uh, Transportation NTSB, yeah. tra they came in and they said this was not caused by brakes. This was caused by a wheel bearing. Yes. And there had been two warnings to the uh, men running the trains. And and I'll make one more point. There should be more than just two operators on a train that's two miles. Well, away. the thing is, is that. They're claiming that Trump is responsible for this because of deregulation. But the reality is, is that the wheel bearing uh, overheating to well over 250 degrees uh, was picked up by sensors and it was ignored. So there is a torch, torturous uh, in legal terms, uh, issue here where uh, the, uh, the rail company is going to be sued uh, for negligence and damages uh, and, and, and rightfully so. Uh, and uh, it's it's great that Trump went there and showed some compassion for these people because their lives have been destroyed. You imagine this. They have houses that are worthless now. 
They can't sell their houses. No one trusts the water. What they did with the chemicals is they dug a ditch and they put the chemicals in a ditch and then set it on fire and the chemicals start seeping into the ground, uh, going into the groundwater. You know, it's just a, a really terrible situation. At any rate, moving on from from Ohio and actually Pennsylvania as well, because it's right next to Pennsylvania. So yeah, that whole area was uh, affected. Yes. Well, and there was a hearing, the uh, Mastriani, uh, Senator Mastriani, who ran for governor last year in Pennsylvania, had a hearing. And people in within seven miles of yeah. East Palestine, they're also coming up with rashes. And the thing is, is that in half a year, how much of those chemicals are going to seep down through rain yes. and snow into, the into your wells? Yes, yes, yes. It's a terrible <clears throat> story. Not to mention the air pollution. <clears throat> The air pollution has been coming up here into New York State. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tragedy. Vinyl chloride, we're supposed to think it's not carcinogenic. Are you kidding me? It's unbelievable. They need to, all those people should pack in and move the hell out. And they don't the, have and, the money. And, and, well, but the company, uh, what is it? Yes. They should give him the money. They give him the money to, or the government should have uh, well, gotten should, them out. Yes. They should give. I yes. mean, the whole operation was a disaster. A disaster. It's uh, like a war terrible. and they do it. But you see, here's the anyway. thing that, that gets me about this, that on a report card, I would give Biden an F minus. Mm-hmm for his lack of understanding and his lack of concern, which was, in my opinion, based on the fact that it's a Trump area. Mm-hmm. Those people voted Republican. And what what Biden did is he punished them by withholding federal funds and not giving them the authorization to make it a disaster area and telling them that they were crazy for being afraid of driv- uh, drinking the water and whatnot. That's the thing that's unbelievable. But then... This gets morphed into the issue about Ukraine because the commentators that are against assistance to Ukraine are saying, well, uh, look at look at what's going on. You've got you've got Biden in Kiev meeting with Zelensky and then going to Poland and meeting with the Polish leaders and he can't go to East Palestine in Ohio. Like there's a linkage between the two. The federal government is giving up interest in America because it's supporting Ukraine. That's one of the biggest lies also. They can walk and chew gum at the same time. You can support Ukraine, which I think we should do. We're going to discuss that now. And you can also support East Palestine. And you can close the border. And you can do all the things that the the Make America uh, uh, Great Again people like myself want to see happen. It, one does not preclude the other. Uh, well, one thing, don't forget, governor of uh, governor of state of Ohio is a Republican. Yes. He went there, and he went and drank water from one of the houses, and he assured that everything going to be peachy keen. So I think uh, when you deal with this type of chemicals— I don't think 100% anybody who was there really know uh, what to do at the end. Uh, so I think in a situation like this, uh, like I said, I think those people who live right next to it, they, Norfolk should give them money and said, you want to buy Absolutely. a house 50 miles away, here is the money. But they didn't do that. They didn't do but that. But I think that's what they sh- would be the right thing to do if they want it. Right. Yeah, but they see, they're not going to do anything until it happens in court. And the, one of the main problems is, is nobody is willing to come up and say 
who ordered what they call a controlled burn. That was not a controlled burn. No. <laughs> because when you take those kind of chemicals, and I had 30, 31 years in municipal government, when you have chemicals like that, you do not burn them out exactly. in an open trench. They are carted away and then taken to incineration facilities where the burning is controlled. And the fact is, is that enough people, I mean, nobody's saying they did it. And the most obscene thing is, is that the EPA said that the local fire chief made the decision to do that mm -hmm. burn. You talk about just jumping on the little guy and stomping on his head and pounding him into yeah. the ground. Yeah. That's what they did. And they know that one of the resultant chemicals besides dioxins is phosgene, yeah. which is the chemical from World War I. And if anybody's seen the new movie, All Quiet on the Western yes. Front, that's phosgene. Yeah, that's a, that's the poison gas that was used right in in World War One, that the world made an agreement never to use again, and that phosgene is being given off by the by the burn in 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 Ohio. So okay, so all right, here comes the controversial part many, of our 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 our, uh, our meeting today because the idea of configuring the meeting today with both Dimitri and Colette here today is to present both sides of this view towards Ukraine. Um, and as the listeners of, our, of my podcast realize, I've been an outspoken critic of anyone that stood in the way of helping Ukraine. Um, and uh, 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 I believe uh, uh, Dimitri is as well. We very strongly uh, support. So let's let's uh, start off with you, Dimitri. Uh, those of you who don't know, Dmitry was born in Kamchatka, Russia, and at the age of three moved to Ukraine. He was conscripted into the Soviet army and uh, left uh, you, uh, Russia in 1979. My listeners should also know that in the 1930s, Stalin um, uh, murdered three and a half to five million Ukrainians because they didn't want to heal to the communist boot. So there was a lot of uh, resentment among Ukrainians that always wanted to be free and independent of the czar and the uh, the communists, and they were punished severely. Tell us about your feelings about why America should support, and then I'm going to ask Colette to, to take the other side of the coin. Well, it's, you know, we can talk about this uh, for a long time. Uh, you know, in my mind, it's a moral obligation by United States uh, to help Ukraine. That's just the beginning. Secondly, uh, in 1994, United States signed as a guarantor of Ukrainian right. security in Budapest. Uh, at that time, Ukrainians had 100 nuclear warheads. And they were stupid enough to give them away. Yes. And now... Well, they, Clinton told them to. Well, they they believe it. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, world, I think, in general, and United States really owe it to Ukraine. You, it seems like Ukraine get always end of, of the stick. First, it was 1994. They signed a security agreement. Then it was Crimea. When the Russians came and in front of everybody took big chunk of Ukraine under Obama and Biden under Obama, uh, under Obama and Biden, then war in Donbas that's been dragging and dragging and dragging, and uh, so it's many many factors uh, on it. I'll, and you know I hear a lot of people saying corruption, corruption, Ukrainian corruption, and uh, 
Here is the deal. A lot of people don't realize Ukraine is a brand new country. Really, what I mean by that, the real Ukraine became in 2014 when Ukrainian people revolt against pro-Russian President Yanukovych, who was supposed to sign letter to join European Union, uh, just to ask if they can join. Putin gave him one billion dollars. He didn't sign that letter, and the masses went crazy. And uh, that's five hundred thousand people protested. In uh, Maidan, yeah. So it's called Maidan. So Ukraine really is only eight years old country in my mind. Not only they have to defend themselves against Russian army for the last eight years in Donbas, they constantly have to fight them everywhere. Right, but now let me ask you this: um, That's the argument for why it, uh, why Ukraine is fighting a just war against Russia's invasion. But what is America's interest? I think Colette is going to say, or some of the critics are going to say, what is the strategic interest that the United States has in supporting Ukraine against Russia? Well, if Reagan would be around, he would not even hesitate. Right. He would just blow the whole thing out. That's first. Second, He's through strength. Exactly. And freedom is not for free. Uh, and another thing a lot of people don't remember or don't know, but you do know, uh, when Soviets uh, did blockade of West Berlin in 1961, I think. And uh, at that time, President Kennedy said, I'm Ber- I am the Berliner. I'm going to send right. food and everything by plane. Ich bin ein Berliner. Here you go. And Soviets stopped that blockade. And West, uh, Western Berlin, Western Germany survived. You know, it's so many things uh, why I think Ukraine have to have support from United well, States. Well, he confronted the he confronted Khrushchev in Berlin. Yeah, not and many that. people said you're going to start World War Three. Right, the same they say now. Right, 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 right. right. Uh, so uh, it's a, it's a, in my mind, it's not a, a really a, a debate. I think uh, leaders like Reagan, Kennedy, uh, Biden. Uh, uh, and Europeans now understand that if 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 Russia came to the border of Poland and destroyed Ukraine, took 40 million freedom-loving uh, people under dating, then next going to be Moldova, and there'll be World War Three, big time. So let's make Ukraine strong, give them everything they need. It's no boots on the ground. It's not American boots on the ground like they were in Afghanistan and Iraq. You know, we all went to Iraq with hundreds of thousands of Americans uh, looking for the nuclear thing. It was nothing there. Right. Uh, Ukraine represents democracy, freedom, ally to United States. The money we spend is the right way to do it. It's not that much money. If people saying, well, America first. Of course, America first. But Ukrainians, $42 billion, it's a 0-2% of yeah. American budget. And h- here is the thing. You know, everybody's saying, the, the, we're going to have $32 trillion deficit, you know, the the ceiling. Where was those 18 Republican senators who voted for $1.7 trillion uh, in, add to this deficit? Why nobody you can decide in that? Anti-Inflation Act? Or the Not anti-inflation, the, you know, whatever it was. Infrastructure. Infrastructure, yeah. Right. $1.7 trillion and they ran right through right. it. If you, nobody points. even knew it what was in that thing. So anyhow. All right. So, Colette, uh, I don't want Ukraine, Ukraine be railroaded by many things. Ukraine deserve help from United States, and by the way, it's a lot of volunteers there from America. Yeah, engineers, soldiers, medics, and they go fight for the freedom. I came to America to be free. 
That's why I'm here. And America is a beacon of freedom. So, yes, sometimes... The only beacon of freedom, really. That's right. So, we not have boots on the ground there. It's not one American soldier. Uh, it's volunteers only. And uh, Ukrainians dying a lot. Every day, young, 20 years old, Ukrainians, 50 years old, dying for one psychopath uh, like Hitler wants to make his empire bigger. We need to stop him. We need to stop him. Colette. Okay. Uh, I think my first point would be that America, through the Biden administration, is not strong. It is weak. The Biden administration is filled with people from uh, the globalist viewpoint, and you have to question where they are coming from. I also think that Biden is totally compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. And that what Biden does, Biden does not necessarily for the interests of the American people, but maybe also or exclusively for the interests of the Chinese Communist Party. And there's been a recent event. First of all, I have to agree that I think Ukraine has always gotten the short end of the stick. That has always happened. The whole of the war in the 30s, and then the dekulakization, all of these things that have happened have happened to Ukraine because Ukraine is the agricultural breadbasket for the Russians. Now, what ha happened within the last 24, 36 hours, I find totally puzzling. And that is, is that uh, Xi Jinping <laughs> has proposed 12 points for peace, thus making the United States look like a warmonger in terms of not seeking some kind of compromise. Uh, Milley, the chair of the Joint Chief, said that this, uh, this war is going to be ended in uh, a negotiation. And he said it either yesterday or the day before. So I don't know what is going on. And then uh Zelensky, who I, I cannot accept the fact that he's a freedom fighter because I know of the censorship that has gone on, the uh, closing down of political parties in uh, Ukraine, the um, uh, censor, the closing down of some of the churches in Ukraine and um, some of the television stations of opposition political parties. We're not talking uh, I, a freedom, you know, I, we're not talking freedom. We are talking independence. But Lincoln I don't, did the same thing. I don't care. This is today. Now, uh, the the issue is, is what game is being played now? Because Zelensky said he would even go to Beijing to meet with Xi Jinping. Now, is this with Biden's approval that he said he would go to meet with uh, Xi Jinping? And my concern with Xi Jinping is, is that he is supplying, you know, ammunition probably to the Russians. What kind of double game or triple game is being played here? Because the Russians are being bled out. The Ukraine, the Ukrainians are being bled out. And the United States is paying almost all of the bills. The Europeans have not really come forward and are paying their, quote, you know, let's call it their fair share or whatever you want to call it. 
maybe overall they've given 10 billion and the estimates of what we have uh, given are between 113 and 200 billion. And, uh, and depending upon who's saying it, what kind of accounting you're going through and what the sources are for the uh, funds. So I am confused by Zelensky's actions with Xi Jinping. I do not trust anything that uh, Biden does because I do not think that Biden stands up for the interests of the American people. And that concerns me. And I would say one thing as far as East Palestine is concerned with, uh, with Ukraine. The aid that goes to Ukraine, not all of it is military. They're making sure that pensions are being paid and that salaries of government officials are being paid. When the people of East Palestine, you know, you can say, oh, they should go to a hotel or they should do this or do that. They can't. They do not have the money and the government has not provided them a way to get out. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with Ukraine. No, that's, I'm that's no, the incompetency. I'm just, of... No, I'm just saying that as an American, if you're going to pay the pensions of the Ukrainian pensioners, pensioners, then why can't you take why can't you take care of because us Biden is an incompetent president and that wants the, to punish the people of East Palestine the, for voting for Trump. That's the that's fatal. Why. Biden well, is the fatal flaw. Yes. In any argument for well, any kind of, uh, let's say, uh, you know, getting it, whether it's a special operation or whatever, because it started out defensive and now it's offensive. I ask, what is the goal? Is the goal to get the Russians out of Ukraine? Yes. Or yes. is the goal to topple and regime change in the in uh, in Russia? No, we had this. No, listen, no, listen. All right, people, I'm going to respond. Let me respond. Yeah. All right. Num number one. And then then he, right. My wife is pointing at, at Dimitri. So. Dimitri, do you want to speak or shall I speak? You can speak. I can okay. speak. I mean, There's not one not... American troop uh, soldier in Ukraine. America has done has been uh, uh, scrupulous in making sure that the Ukrainians do not receive weapons that can hurt Russia. All right. It is the foreign policy of this administration and any administration to protect Eastern Europe, but not hurt Russia. That's why this is happening. When Russia attacked Crimea, what did Obama do? He didn't attack Russia. He did nothing. He enabled them to go for more land and more territory because he sat on his hands because he was scared shitless, frankly, of the Russians. OK, as far as American troops on the ground, there are none. So we're not looking for regime change in Russia. That's a, that's outrageous. It would not benefit America at all for the Russian Federation to fall apart. Why? So China could come in and take over Russia and get all their natural resources? Absolutely not. We want Russia to stay together. And that's the reason why we're not giving uh, the long range high Mars uh, systems to the Ukraine that they can fire over the border and destroy Russian Air Force bases. What do we want in this war? We want, it is the stated policy of America to, and by the way, this goes back to Trump because Trump gave $400 million in anti-tank weapons to the Ukrainians before Biden came into office. So, okay, so it is the stated policy of both administrations to give the Ukrainians whatever they need in order to do accomplish whatever military objective they have for themselves in Ukraine. 
Zelensky is saying that objective is to remove the Russians from every square inch of territory that they have forcefully taken over. Including, including Crimea in, and Donbass. Yes, yes. It's like <laughs> you, you ask an American how they would feel if Russia came in <laughs> and took over Alaska. We're going to enter into negotiations or will we be in an all-out war with, uh, with Russia to kick them out of Alaska? And by the way, Putin has said he wants to take Alaska back because it was ill-gotten by the Americans in the 19 in the 1870s so the 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 reality is is that that um Zelensky went to Z in China because of the fact that Z is talking negotiations it doesn't make us look bad the world knows that Z has a selfish interest Z wants to surreptitiously give assistance to the Russians because he needs Russian support in its ambitions against Taiwan but at the same time, they want to be seen by the world as peacekeepers. So Zelensky is intelligently going over there to talk Turkey with Z to say, hey, listen, you give those weapons to, to Russia and it will be World War Three. That's my view of what's going on. What do you think? Well, you, you have your say. It's I, many things. I have, Colette always says she has a big mouth. I got a bigger mouth. Well, so that's why I'm well, turning it over. I, I apologize if my mouth is too big. But, you know, one of the things people don't realize, you know, we live in peaceful Lake Placid, New York. Yes. Can you imagine if you live in peaceful New York and then uh, uh, forces against you was in Albany, New York, shooting at you every day? Right. Uh, how would uh, how would life uh, would change a lot? Uh, so uh, being on the ground in Ukraine uh, and see what destruction uh, Russian army did, uh, Putin's army, it's not really Russian army anymore. But... Uh, uh, I agree with uh, with Dr. Havlicek. You know, Zelensky wants best for his country. He don't want war. Ukrainians don't want war. They want to have peace, but they want Russian army out of the country. And they told me when I was there, they're going to build 20-foot wall between Russia and Ukraine, and the Russians can live there, and Ukrainians just want to have peace and prosperity in their country. And that's what they really wanted. Uh, and... Uh, well, that's he cannot how they were negotiate living. with Putin. He does not negotiate. Dimitri, that's how they were living before the invasion. Right. But they it, were doing absolutely nothing wrong. Exactly. And this baloney about biolabs. Russia has biolabs. America has biolabs. So that somehow invalidates Ukraine and makes uh, the Russian invasion appropriate? Well, you're going to pile up everything on, on somebody if you want to yeah. you know, make, yeah. make dirty. But... Well, look, look at what Hitler did with Poland. Exactly. What he did is he had a false flag. Uh, um, uh, military adventure with Poland to make it look like Germany was attacked yeah. by Polish troops. So he yeah. took German troops, put Polish uniforms right. on them, and they attacked a radio station in Germany. And he used that as a pretext to invade Poland. That's what's going on between Russia the and good, Ukraine. The good thing about America and in Europe now, majority of people support uh, Ukrainian yes. independence yes. and yes. they support uh, support uh, uh, winning this war. And I support this 100%. And a lot of people in uh, uh, here in Lake Place in the United States, States, I think, understand how important for us to win that war. All of us, Ukrainians and us. Yeah. And, All right, let's uh, go back to Colette. Stop Colette I'm sure Colette wants to respond. Yeah, um, I do. Uh, first of all, uh, there's agreement here on what the goal of the war is. But uh, the president of the United States has not stated that. He simply said, we are here for as long as it takes and whatever it is, and open-ended. 
He has not gone to Congress. He has never stated anywhere what exactly his goal is. Secondly, there's always the issue of mission creep, because this war started out defensively to stop the Russians from coming in. Now it has become to get the Russians out of Crimea and oh, uh, the Donbass. It's, it's Ukrainian territory. Yes. Yes, I understand so, that, but that's mission creep from the initial phases of it. And that we have seen this in the United States many times, where we start out giving guidance or doing training or providing weaponry or whatever it is, and eventually it ends up with American boots on the ground. And at this time, the 101st is still in Romania. So because what? that that Matt, they could have been uh, go, uh they could have come back but they were not they said you're going to be stationed here for a longer time it's nato I romania think, is a nato country i know but the point is is that we do not know what the administration sees as a goal for this and until the administration makes it clear what their goal is in this war then it is it then there is a reason to be concerned about what it is because i do not trust and i know i'm not the only one i do not trust where the administration is going with this well neither do Secondly, i i don't i don't trust biden as far as you, you can, can throw him, throw him. You, uh, yeah. right you know yeah. you know i i think he's the worst president in over a century oh, I know. so there's no question about that what i'm not talking that. about is biden i'm talking about my, my support for the free and democratic loving people of Ukraine to simply defend themselves against the Russian genocide that's taking place in their country. Uh, and you know, that's what you just said very well. Everybody talk about Ukraine, but they don't let Ukrainians really to say it. Right. When you go there and they say, they tell me a hundred times, we don't want boots on the ground. We, we, we want to win this war. Give us everything. We don't want Russia. We want our territories. And like I mentioned to you before, uh, your real Ukraine started in 2014, who started fighting corruption, changing democratic institutions. They have a long way to go, but they thrown into the war. I mean, they were Russian forces was 20 kilometers outside the capital of Kiev, uh, trying to uh, disseminate the whole country. How would we feel if Canadians suddenly came from Montreal yes. and attacked like places? No, I, I, my, my husband came from Cuba, so I. There you go. I do, not personally, <laughs> but really I know what, well, I know what it means to lose your home, to lose your family, to have your father die from cancer, and because they didn't support the government, they would not give them any morphine or painkillers. I, 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 it's never been my personal experience. And uh, when I read Bloodlands by Timothy Snyder and read about the whole of the more, I'm like, my God, you know, because I, it, it, it is so inhuman what Stalin did. It is so inhuman what Putin is capable of. But my concern is also with the American military. What has happened to our military? Terrible. Can, yes. we, can we afford to keep sending everything to Ukraine when We're our, not sending but, everything to no, Ukraine. But we have gone to some of our stocks in Israel and in South wow. Korea in order to send that material to 
Ukraine. And we are also holding up on the Abrams tanks, which were scheduled originally to go to Taiwan. They have been in the, uh, and it's in Lima, Ohio. I know people call it Lima, but I'm from uh -huh. Indiana and it was always Lima. And uh, they, uh, they, they took tanks that were scheduled for Taiwan, which is something that if Taiwan is taken by the Chinese Communist Party, you, electronically, we go down. I mean, it's, it's over because they produce the chips. So with the VAX policies that they carried out on our military, with the woke policies, yes. which they're carrying out on our military, I am concerned about the condition of the U.S. military. I think we all military. are. I think yeah. we all are. We all want more. Well, I want to spend more money yeah. on military and less money elsewhere. And there's another thing about the weakness of Biden. If the Chinese, I mean, if I were, you know, uh, Xi Jinping, I would make my moves during the Biden administration. Sure. And so that means, and there was the uh, Air Force General Minahan who issued a memo who said, we will be at war with China by the year 2025. Now, that's a pretty gutsy thing for someone in the contemporary American military. But I would say victory to Ukraine. Victory to Ukraine. Uh, and thanks and, God for America. And thank God for America. And yes, I agree with you. And the armed world. forces of this country are in, in shit shape. We need to strengthen them, spend more money on it. We can't spend enough on it. One thing is for sure here, all these, all the comments that we're hearing in today's uh, podcast are wonderful comments coming from people that are very concerned about America and our standing in the world. <coughs> Colette, I fully understand how you see things. You don't want Ukraine to be at the expense of American security. And, and uh, Dimitri, you and I believe that Ukraine is uh, on the front lines of the war against a tyrannical uh, regime in Moscow that will stop at nothing to impose its fascistic uh, 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 political ideologies on Eastern Europe and, and Western Europe as well. Thank you all for listening today. This is the Dr. Raymond Havlicek podcast. Good guitar playing, right? <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Stay tuned for another dynamic podcast from the Dr. Raymond Havlicek podcast. Dimitri, thank you very much. Colette, thank you very much. You're both so eloquent and so expressive of your points of view. And this was, this was really great. I'm sure a lot of people will enjoy this. Peace.